Hello and good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 222. This is being brought to you by Fordos Production and I'm Anita Helm. I wanted to start off before we talk about the title, which is called Presents for Christmas. I wanted to acknowledge again that for those of us who are getting ready to celebrate Christmas with our families and friends, please take the opportunity to be in prayer and just comfort and ask the Lord to comfort those who have lost loved ones. Again, we've heard of people who we have seen on TV, who we thought were happy and joyful, find that they've taken their lives. And this is a time where people are in seasonal disorders or they're going through depression and having holidays like this sometimes makes things worse. But please just remember, don't allow yourself to just pass by when people say they're fine. Really make sure that they're okay. So tonight, wherever you are, if you're in a fork in the road, are you feeling though, as though somebody has not shared their love towards you? Let me say to you tonight that God loves you. God truly loves you. And I hope that tonight, what I'm hoping to do in a little levity of us having a little fun tonight, as we know, we're getting ready to go toward this Sunday coming for Christmas that I'm going to present to you out of the Holy Bible, the scriptures themselves, inspired by the Holy Spirit, some presents. And I'm going to give you through the scriptures tonight, 10 presents. So if you say, oh, I am alone and I don't have any presents and I don't have any money. I want to give you tonight 10 wonderful presents that I think will be a blessing to all of us, myself included. So let me start because there's a lot and you're going to want to unwrap all of this. So let's start with the first present. The first present is the know that we are basically having the presence of the Lord. And you're like, how is that a present? It's the best present. You know why? Because whatever's going on in your life, good or bad in the middle, you can always understand that God has said through Hebrews, and we read even a, a few series ago, Hebrews chapter 13, verses five through six, that he will never leave you or forsake you. So even in you thinking about the holiday season, whether you are excited about it or you just are ho-hum about it, God loves you and he's always going to be there right with you. So you can celebrate his presence because the thing about him that you'll realize, let's go to John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27, because we always read about these scriptures, but I want you to understand that in John 14, there's a lot of nuggets that you get with his presence and with his presence. Let's read starting at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. You know how little kids used to say, how were you good this year? And if you weren't good, you wouldn't get a bag of coal. Well, God doesn't talk about us getting a bag of coal, but he does say for those of us who say we love the Lord Jesus Christ, that we want to love him, but we also want to keep his commandments. And here he says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help. So guess what? You're going to get an advocate, your own advocate, my own advocate. And this advocate can be anywhere at any time. And he's always going to be there to help your own helper. God is giving you your own helper and will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So he's going to be truthful. You don't have to worry about him not telling you the truth because that's who he is. And it says the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. So he's special to you, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. 
Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will live. And the day you will realize that I am in the father and you are in me and I am in you. Now, here's the thing. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Now, why is this first gift important? I'm not being religious. I'm not being churchy with you, but there are some things that are going to happen over your holiday seasons where sometimes you just kind of maybe in a funk. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to feel, but I always want you to know that their love and the presence of God is always with you. You are never alone or by yourself or forgotten God's presence. And that's why he talks about the advocate. And if you read all of those scriptures from John 14, 15 to through 27, you're going to see that he's an advocate and he's going to teach you things. So you're going to have a helper. You're going to have somebody that's a a truth teller to you. You're going to have somebody that's going to always lead you to righteousness when it comes to the father and the son. But he says, he's going to teach you. And guess what? You know how we get older and we forget things. He's going to remind you of everything regarding the word of God. So he'll bring to your remembrance those things that you need to know when it comes to the witness of Christ. And here's the thing. It says, peace, I leave you. So in this one present, you got a whole bunch of stuff. I'm starting it off good. You've got the presence of God, which includes the Holy Spirit and the fact that he's going to be with you. And Christ is going to father, son, and Holy spirit, but all of them are going to be with you. You're going to have God's presence. Isn't that a great number one present? Let's go to number two. If you thought that was good, let's go to the second present. The second present is going to involve those of you that are a little wimpy. I'm being honest. You're a little bit of wimpy. You don't have a lot of courage, but this one, God is going to give you a present where he's going to give you the victory and courage to understand that you are not a loser. I'm going to use a little word. Some people feel like they are losers. You know that show where you're losing weight, the biggest loser? Well, some people feel as they walk through this life and they don't have enough money, they don't have enough job, they don't have enough house, all these things, they think they're a loser. But no, 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 no. God is going to tell you that you're not only having a victory in him, but you also are going to have courage. So let's go to John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm going to read it in two different versions. The first version is the NIV. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. There's again, another part of the second gift. You can have peace in this world. You have trouble. So he's telling you, I don't care whatever's going on with you. I care. God cares. But I want you to say, don't use that excuse. Whatever trouble you're going through, he's letting you know that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Some places say be of good cheer. So you got cheer in the midst of the second present. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He's overcome and had victory. Look at the Amplify, what it talks about for this second present. This is for you and I who love God. We got peace, but we're also overcomers. We're victors. But look what the Amplified says for that same scripture. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be lifted up and filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. 
That's your second present. Boy, you better get your arms ready because I'm going to give you 10 of them. That's number one was a power punch of a great present. Number two is a great present. Look at number three. We're going to get this one from Revelation 1. And I can't read all of Revelation 1, but look what the very beginning of it says. Most people don't know that just in reading the prophecy of the revelation, revelation of Jesus, it's a blessing. Don't believe me. Look at the word of God. It says in verse 1 of Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus, to all things that he saw. Blessed. That means you're going to receive a blessing just by reading this. So we've had the presence of God. And we have the courage and the victory of God. And now God is saying, just by reading Revelation, you're going to get a blessing, an actual blessing from God, just by reading it. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words. So you read it and you hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So just listening to the word of God is a blessing. It says, I can't read it all because we got a lot of different presents tonight. John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. See what that first present brings with it. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. Do you see what kind of blessing we have just to hear this revelation? We're blessed. It says he made us kings and priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now I can't read all of this, but I do want you to hear in verse eight, I am the alpha and the mega. Remember that first present? I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. Do you hear how these presents are powerful? They are better than Walmart. They're better than Target. They're better than any store that you can go to. These powerful presents of the Lord, the presence of God, the courage and victory of God. And now we see the blessing just by reading Revelation. All right. I can't read it all. We're going to your fourth present. Don't say that nobody didn't get you nothing because God is giving you some great things tonight. Acts chapter three, verses one through eight. This present is something that is going to sneak up on you. And I'm going to tell you after I read this passage. One day, Peter, starting at verse one of Acts three, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Some of y'all asking for presents that really are not what you need and what God understands you need. But God is going to give you in this fourth present what he understands you need because he wants a change in your life. And he is going to give you something in this present that you weren't asking for and you had no expectation of. That's the kind of mighty God we're dealing with. 
It says here in verse four, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. Why did he give his attention? The word says expecting to get something from them, expecting to get the money he asked for, but that's not what he's going to get because God's going to give a present to you and I that we are not expecting because he knows what we need, not what we want. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. This man didn't get money. Some of y'all say, I want a gift card. I want some money. I want some shoes. I want some hats. I want some games. I want some toys. God don't need to give you that kind of stuff because you want it. He wants to give you what you need. This man was expecting money. This man was taken day after day to get the same thing, but God had a new direction for his life. God had a new thing that he was going to do in his life, but he had to change position. He wasn't going to lay on that mat anymore. God said through this Peter and John's experience of looking at him and saying, I ain't got no money, silver and gold. I don't have, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. We got to give these people. They got to walk taking him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Some of the presence that God wants to give us is the message of who we need to take to your people that are looking for a present, looking for a handout. Don't give them the handout, give them the hand up by letting them know who Christ is a fifth present. These are getting good, y'all. It may be a quick milkshake money, but this is your presence. You're going to get your presence before you get to Christmas. Number five present. We need some boldness and wisdom. Acts chapter four, verses one through 14. We can't read all this, but you can read it on your own. Under the NIV, I want you to understand that some of you say, I have only got a GED. I've only got a high school diploma. I only have an undergraduate degree. I don't have the certification. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. If you are trusting in the word of God and the knowledge of Christ and the Holy Spirit, that first present, that first present is going to take you a long way because God can open doors that no man could close. The thing about what you're going to read about Peter and John before these big shots, they're going to come to the revelation that these men were untrained, educated, but yet they had seen the courage, the boldness and what they were saying. And they say, they had been with Jesus. God will give you the present of his boldness and his wisdom. That is a present from the most high God. It says here in verse one, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many, do y'all hear this? But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas. John, Alex, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. 
They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, that same spirit, that same advocate and teacher and helper, your first present is here. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took Note that these men had been with Jesus. Do y'all hear the present that you can have boldness and wisdom and go beyond what you think you don't know because you're not schooled, you're not educated, you don't have a degree, you don't have a certification. When you've been with Christ, the wisdom of the advocate, the Holy Spirit will give you knowledge of God. That's mighty powerful. All right, let's go on. We got a sixth gift. The sixth gift will come out of Job 1, 9 through 11. People always say hedge of protection. That's the gift I'm talking about. But I want you to understand protection is not just about your physical protection. I want you to see what you may have leaped over going through this too fast. Everything that you have, God is putting in protection. The things of your hand, the labor of your hand, the works of your hand. God has got it under his protection and he's blessing it. So when you hear about the hedge of protection, don't just think about you hurting your foot what's in before and behind you, inside you, that God is blessing your hand, your works, your family, everything in your sphere of influence. He is ma magnificently, powerfully, almighty, doing things on your behalf. What a gift. It says here in verse 9 through 11 of John, Job 1, this is Satan talking to the Lord as the sons of God are coming to present. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge of around him and his household and everything he has? See, the family, everything he has. It's not just you physically, personally. It's all your stuff in your family. Can you see the gift of God? The hedge of protection, the hedge around you is all your stuff. It says here, you have blessed the work of his hands. Look at that hedge so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. He can, he can expand your territories. We're always talking about, but that's for ministry and, and evangelism. But I'm saying your blessings can be this. Remember what he said to Abram, take your eyes and look here, look at there, all of this, trust God. Now let's go to the seventh present. The seventh present is something about your mouth and your life. 
If I had to do a dental visit or ear, nose and throat, I would say you need to really pay attention to this because a lot of us are trying to do things to keep our life. We want to take the pills, we want to go to the doctor, we want to get the blood test, we want to, but certain things related to your mouth have a lot to do with your life. We always talk about the power of life and death is in the tongue. I want to look, look at this other proverb tonight so you can see something else. Proverbs 13 verses two through three. In the NIV, it says, from the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. But the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Those who guard their lips, guard your mouth, guard their lips, preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The present of understanding that your tongue and your lips and what's coming out of your mouth is either a blessing or a cursing to your very life. So God is telling you, watch your mouth, watch your tongue out of your heart that we hear it in your tongue. We hear it in what you're talking about. All right, let's go to the eighth present. The eighth present, you have heard it really. If you go back and listen to this teaching, you're going to hear about the Holy Spirit over and over again. You're going to hear about God's peace over and over again. But here's peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But look what it says here in Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven. We're going to talk about the peace of God. In the midst of what we're seeing for people having suicide and depression and feeling blue and down and sad and lonely and fearful, they don't have the peace of God. I don't say that flippantly. People are killing themselves that we are letting go by that the lie of fine. They're not fine, but nobody is looking past the fake smiles and the, oh, everything is great. They don't have God's peace and we have to share with them the love of God. Here it says, it says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. God understands we can be anxious. I, I just want us, I've talked about depression more and more, but I want you to understand that there are people who are anxious. He knows our emotions, but he says, don't be anxious for anything. But in every situation, there are situations in our life that cause us to be anxious. Relationships cause us to be anxious. Having financial problems cause us to be anxious. Having situations where our job is unsettled and unsure causes us to be anxious. Our children cause us to be anxious. Our church life can cause us to be anxious and the people at the church your health, your strength, your neighborhoods, gunfire, all kinds of things can cause us to be anxious and unsettled. It says here, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, that's the part that's hard. It's hard to go to God in prayer when you're suffering and you're hurting. But remember what we just talked about those other pres uh, situations, those presents, Tr you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but he says, but be of good cheer. You're going to be okay because he's overcome the world. He's overcome the trouble. But if you don't really believe that you got to believe God because 
If you're anxious and you don't believe that that God that says I'm the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end, I'm the helper, I'm the advocate, I'm the teacher, I'm going to remind you of the word of God, the promises of God. You're going to find that when you go to have those prayers and petition, you're going to have a lot of fear and doubt and unbelief and sadness. And you're going to get up from your knees the same way that you got down on your knees. Because when you start to thank God, when you start to feel depressed, start thanking him. When I was going through grief, I realized that when I started thanking God about my life with Reverend Helm, the things that I had when I was in marriage with Reverend Helm, he was the father of our children. He was the pastor, the things that I can thank God for. Then you don't feel like you're so poor me, pity party me, because like, God bless me. God, let me thank you for allowing me to have that man of God in my life, that husband, that father, that friend in my life. When you start going to God and thanking him, even before you get to the petitions, start thanking him. That's why when you talked about prayer, it's adoration of God. It's confession of your sins. It's thanking him before you get to the supplications. But here we go here. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present him to your father who loves you, who says he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what you're having to say in the will of God in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. It says, so make those requests to God and the peace of God. And I was talking when I talked about the vessel of worry. Sometimes we get just a peace and God's not saying a peace. He said the peace of God. God is all peace. He's the God of peace. He doesn't want you just to have a peace. He wants you to have his peace, the peace of God, which transcends some words in the uh, scriptures and other translations surpasses all understanding. That's all of the thought life that we have in our mind for why we should not have peace because we cannot see in the natural what God is doing in the supernatural. Were we just talking about that hedge of protection? We don't know how God is doing some supernatural things to bless our hands, to bless our works, to bless our family, to bless our borders. So what he has is his peace transcends, supersedes, surpasses all of understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those in sadness that may listen to me, I'm not talking to you tonight about religion. I'm talking to you about a relationship with Jesus Christ. The gift that I'm going to talk about, the 10th, is the gift that I'm talking about that you need to have. We all need to have. Because if we don't, we can't guard our hearts in such a way that Satan can't try to penetrate it with the cares of this world. Because, see, Satan knows this game better than us. And he knows how to get you in a place where he's under your underbelly. You know how a dog turns up his, his back and he lets his belly know, be shown by the people he loves, but other creatures, he can't do that because he can't trust it. But Satan knows how, when you don't have the, the precious guardrails of the Lord and the peace of God and the hedge of protection and God around you and before you and, and all in you, he knows how to try to get you. And he starts with that mind, what you're thinking, what you're, what you're festering on to the point where you say a bullet to end it all is better than living. And I don't say that to be talking about something in today's events. Every day we're seeing that either people are killing themselves or they're killing others. If we don't start speaking the truth and love about who Christ is and not talking this religious stuff, we're going to still see this perpetual because Satan knows the time is getting close. 
He knows that the last days have been since Christ came and he understands God's got a, God's got a schedule. God's got a schedule. All right. So this next, the ninth present, we've talked about the Holy Spirit. How many times y'all? This one is about your house. This present is this not going to be for you. It's going to be for your household, your house. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verses one through four. And we knew about the present. We knew that God had told the people to go into Pentecost and to wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit showed up. But I want you to see that they were in one accord and that the rushing wind came and covered the house. Do y'all know that sometimes in the house there's a smell? Have you ever burnt popcorn before and the smell penetrates the upstairs, the downstairs, the middle level, and it can just stay around for days if you let it. Can you imagine the rushing wind, a powerful wind of the Holy Spirit coming into a house to the point everybody in that house, 120 people, they said, men and women were affected by the Holy Spirit and the power of God that we talked about in the first gift. Look what it says here. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. I want y'all to understand that the present of having your whole house filled with the Holy Spirit because of your prayer life, because of your belief, because of your trust. Do you know what your life could be if your whole house was filled with the Holy Spirit and you were in one accord? It's possible, not because of you, but because nothing is impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. And the Spirit of God can come into the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit enabled them. What would happen in your house if your children, your family, the people that came into your presence of your house just had the anointing of the Holy Spirit on them? Can you imagine what the present that would give what the life-changing events would happen in the house of God, in your house, in your mama's house, in your neighbor's house, the power of God. Can you imagine what the present, the ninth present would do to our lives? Let's go to the 10th present. I had a situation this week. I'm going to tell you before I tell you about this present. And I was at the gym as I'm always, and somebody was explaining, who's a Muslim. He was saying how a lot of people are coming off the street, going into the mosque and they're choosing to say, I'm going to throw off the Christian religion, Christ. And I want to come into the mosque. And he proceeded to talk to me about the five pillars of, of, of the Quran and the Islam um, belief and this, that, and the other. And he said something, all these religions are the same and they're going all praying to the one God. And I let him do all of his talking. Because sometimes you don't, that's one thing Rev talked to us, you don't fight about Christ and his word. You let the word of God fight because the word of God, when it's proclaimed, will not return void. I let him do all his talking. And I just say, I, I got it. He said that his father was a preacher. A lot of his relatives were a preacher. And his father said that in one sermon, this sermon was the sermon he decided after going to become a Jehovah Witness and a Mormon and a Methodist and all these different things, he just rattled off. And then he said after his father, the preacher, the Baptist preacher happened to say that 
Jesus came and he was half deity and half uh, man, human, he decided he couldn't follow Jesus. I let him talk and I said, let me explain something to you. I said, first of all, are you, are you finished? And I said, what I'm going to say, I'm not arguing with you. Your father was trying to explain something, but he missed something big. Jesus is all deity, not part deity, part man. He was all human and he was all deity. And then he said, well, I don't know how Jesus could find himself talking to the father. If he was the father, if they were supposed to be one. And, and you have to go to people who don't know the word of God and really are twisting it. That's why you have to study to show yourself a proof. So God, that first present that I talked about can bring to your remembrance. God in my ear, my spirit was saying, no, Christ was never half of nothing. Christ is never half of nothing. He's whole. He's whole deity. He was whole man. And he could talk to the father because like he said in the first passage of John 14, they're one. And, and people want to twist and find ways. That, and I said, hey, and another thing, we ain't all praying to the same one God. That ain't happening. And he said, well, all of us coming out of Abraham. I said, no, we ain't all coming out of Abraham. We can respect that in Judaism, they talk about Abraham. In Islam, they talk about Abraham. But in Christianity, they talk about Abraham. Yes, but Abraham ain't God. Abram served God. Abram was blessed of God, but Abram understood that there was a promise. But that promise wasn't all about Isaac. That promise was about Jesus Christ. Jesus is not one of the prophets, as people want to say. And now we're going to get to the last final gift, because there are a lot of people under the sound of my voice that think that all of this is the same. It's like a bicycle spoke, all these different spokes, and they're all going to the center and all this stuff. And all these different religions popping up and making up stuff and they can pray to whoever they want. And we're all saying the same thing. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And this 10th gift is Jesus Christ. The father, everybody thinks they know John three sixteen, and praise God for you memorizing that one scripture. But God gave us the most precious gift that he had. They made a choice in eternity for our salvation. Not for us to just come to December 25th in the United States of America and wherever you may celebrate to talk about Christmas trees and Santa Claus and reindeer and getting presents and big meals and all of us coming together as a family. All that may be fine, but the purpose of why Christ came was not about that. It was because if he did not voluntarily in eternity, he, the father, son, and Holy spirit have a plan for our salvation. The wages of sin is death. We would be dead in our sins. So there was a choice that he was going to come and the father was going to give the most precious gift to you and I that could be given in eternity, past, present, and future. You can choose to get a gift. And let it sit on your coffee table from December 25th to December 25th of five, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it will be. But this gift is one that you need to really receive, believe in and embrace because without this gift, you will spend eternity in the lake of fire with the devil. I am not being religious. I am not being churchy. I am saying to you, you don't have to believe me, believe the word of God. You can say, oh, I don't believe that religion. That's a man, man, that's white man, whatever that stuff you want to say. 
I believe in my heart, the best decision I've ever made is to find and love and know who Christ Jesus was. And he has shown himself to be true. Like the spirit of truth said, he is true and he's faithful and I'm not an orphan. But Christ says in John three sixteen verses 16 through 21, for God so loved, you're going to be loved this, this, this December 25th and you may get a gift or you may not get a gift, but this gift there's no returns on it. This is the most precious gift that you don't need a receipt other than your heart and your belief and your trust and him knowing you and you knowing him. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not whatever this other stuff that's creeping up. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son. It wasn't an accident. He sent his one and only son. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. This gift is for you to freely give and receive. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Now we're talking about gifts and presents, but here we got about a verdict. NIV is saying, here's the verdict. You can make this decision that you don't want this gift. You can, God has given us all free will, but the verdict of what you do we always say only what you do for Christ lasts, but you need to make a decision because not making a decision is a decision. And this is the verdict. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may be seen plainly. Can I stop for a second? People don't want to come to Christ because they think they got to get themselves together and get themselves cleaned up. You can't clean yourself up. There's nothing you can do. Goody two shoes. You stop all that stuff that you say is so evil in your life. You can't do it. You got to just confess to God. I like it. I've done it. I want to still do it, but I got to come to you and surrender and say, God, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I love him. Forgive me of my sins. I want to repent. And God sees who already sees the sins. It's not like he doesn't see what's going on, but he needs you to kind of see for yourself. You can't fix it on your own. It's not a denomination. It's not any kind of special thing. It's no giving that you're going to give other than your life and your heart to Christ, because you're going to see here so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. God sees our sins, but he also knew that he loved us and in spite of knowing all of our sins, he demonstrated his love by sending Christ knowing all of Anita's dirt and sin and Pam's and Mary's and everybody's sin that in the sound of my voice, he knew it all. He knows it all. He knows what's coming. He knows it's in the past. He knows what you got today, but he says, I love you. 
I love you and I'm going to send my son. I'm going to end saying a wrapping. I'm going to give you some wrapping of the uh, presents right now. And I'm going to give it from Christ Jesus himself in the red letter text out of Matthew chapter five, starting with verse three to verse 16. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are your blessings. These are your extra bows for your Christmas. Okay. Blessed are those who mourn. And there's people mourning right now for the loss of their family, their children, their friends. There's a lot of mourning for they shall be comforted. This is Christ speaking to those once they receive him. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. We pray for peace in Ukraine and all these places where they have so much war. Syria, we have not forgotten you as well. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. We thank God for our brothers overseas who are struggling and being beaten and killed because they trust to say the word of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, as you think of these last few scriptures, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, even during Christmas, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and tramped underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. We always say Jesus is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus Christ speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world. As we sing these songs, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. You shine during this Christmas holiday and share the message of truth. Don't be bashful. Don't be timid. Have that courage. Have those presents in full action. It says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and give it and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. There's a song that we've been singing at church. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. It's my prayer that you have a wonderful, 
Christmas, a Merry Christmas with all the presents that God has given you and gives you. The harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. Join the labor force. You've got the presence of God and you got the presents for Christmas. I love you and Lord willing, I'll see you the, the Monday after Christmas. God bless you.